Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. I'm Martin McClue. What the actual fuck? Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of This Country podcast. I'm here with Neil for another Top Trumps episode. Hello, Neil. Hola. Oh, very good. <laughs> well, there's a new one today. There, there is. Are. And just to let you know that we've hit the dizzy heights of number four in the Guyana Apple TV and film charts. The, the Ghana. Is that how you say it? So it's not Ga- 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 Ghana, is it? Ghana, I it depends think. which one it is. It's G U Y. Yeah, it's G U Y A N A. Guyana. Sorry, Guyana. Yeah. There you go. Let's oh. get yes. Number four. Thank you very much, Guyana. See, they're loving this country, obviously. Yeah, really? mate. We could be like superstars in Guyana. Let's go to Guyana. <laughs> <laughs> you might be like when the Beatles went over to America. We get in the plane and there'd be like thousands of people there. <laughs> Suddenly, hoist us up as kings and never let us go again. Wouldn't that be nice? Talking of well. kings. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this week's guest, Mr. Colin Mace, Trevor himself. Good evening, gents. Good evening. Great to be here. Really looking forward to this. It's wonderful to have you back because obviously we had a little chat with you and we sort of dissected the character of Trevor, but obviously not to this extent. No, not forensically like we're going to do this evening. No, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, there's going to be no stone or crevice unturned. I can Oof. feel it. <laughs> now, before we get into that, we have to go through Kank Farchula's, um scores from last week. So thank you very much, everybody that sent your scores in. Uh, and these are the final scores. Got Range, 28. Wow. P- Peeper, 35. Random Acts of Kindness, 38. Cockwomble 24 and having a laugh 43. Quite a low scoring card. I don't think you'd really mm. want to have that card in your deck. It'd be a hard card to use, wouldn't it? A hard card to get rid of, mm. I think. Um, no, probably an easy card to get rid of, a hard card to keep. Uh, anyway, that's Count Farchula. He's gone, he's out the way. We now can concentrate on one Trevor Bagstone. Um, right, we're gonna have a little bit of a uh 
past history about Trevor. Who would like to go first? Neil, you can go first this time. Okay, so I've got a, I've got a quick uh, what I've been delving to find out a bit about Trevor. It's been hard because we all know what happened when he got to the village, and you know, and that side of it. So to find out what happened before was uh, it took a lot of digging, but I have found and unearthed some stuff. So Trevor Bagstone was born in London and grew up very mechanically minded. He excelled at school, and when he left, he got an apprenticeship with a local motorcycle garage. He enjoyed riding his motorcycle a lot and joined a local rockers gang and used to love spending the weekends away, especially the bank holiday ones in Brighton, having fun with the mods. Later on, he was inducted into the Hells Angels and loved cruising the country with the gang. But when they were asked to do the security for the Rolling Stones concert in Hyde Park things changed after the unfortunate events trevor decided to leave the hell's angels he moved away and ended up at the village where he decided to open and start his own motorcycle club satan's fingers and the rest they would say is history wow that's all i found about you about trevor well you see the thing is the thing you don't know is that growing up here in this small house in London with Mrs. Bagstone, his father was, um, let's say, he liked to uh, he liked to tipple, and as a result, he occasionally became quite uh, difficult to handle. So Trevor's home life as a youngster was quite difficult, and he had a father who who uh, occasionally would meet out punishment, and uh, it wasn't a very pleasant. Um, it wasn't a very pleasant environment to grow up in, for, either for him or for his mother. And uh, and then, but when he was 12, uh, his father coming home from the pub one night uh, failed to see an open manhole cover. And, <laughs> uh, and he went straight down it and broke his neck and died. Oh, so although, no. it, although it was very tragic for the family, I mean, in some ways, if you if you look at it from outside, it was something of a relief, and this is what this is why he's so bonded to his mum, really, because from then on, him and his mum were very very close, and so when he moved, she moved with him, so she is round the corner. I mean, he obviously lives in his hut now in the woods, and she's not there, but she's local, and she's um, massively uh, supporting. I know when Kerry was trying to find him, that he based she basically ended up getting hold of of Trevor's mum. So that, and then Trevor would pass the messages because he didn't have a mobile phone and he was living off grid. But so that that that's why their relationship is very very close. And but of course, he grew up being bullied really, and that's sort of played into the when he when he started Satan's fingers and people started to come and they're having a laugh. And then of course, over the horizon came the character of, of a certain MM. <laughs> And uh, and things sort of almost played out again for him, like his childhood. This chap arrived who was a bit of a bully, drank too much, liked to use his fist, offers kind of the big chief and took over the you know things and told Trevor he was doing it all wrong. And and Trevor found that he, he Trevor found that very very hard indeed. Wow. Mm. Okay. Right now, I've gone for a little bit of a backstory, which is a little bit different. Um, it sort of paints Trevor in a little bit of a different light, but 
<laughs> let's <laughs> let's uh, let's see. Right, I've got Trevor's past is a very mysterious and cloudy affair. Some say he was a member of the SAS and had many secret missions all over the world protecting our country's freedoms. Others say he taught Bear Grylls everything he knows about survival and staying alive in the most inhospitable places around the globe, while others also say he once played drums for status quo. One thing is for sure, he was and is as pride, a pride member of Satan's Fingers. Whatever is Trevor's mysterious past, he has lived off the grid now for over 30 years, choosing to live in his log cabin deep in the woods in the Cotswolds, only to venture out to kill and skin a rabbit or a badger. Not for food, but because he loves killing and skinning furry creatures. (laughs) So he's got a little bit more of a darker past. (laughs) In, in, I don't think know. any of these backstories are mutually exclusive, frankly. I think <laughs> no. he could have been a member of uh, the SAS and also um, played drums for status quo. Yeah, you could have yeah. a, a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B, couldn't you? He does eat the rabbits because I, I had to do it. Um, Trev, Trev was asked uh, by a Facebook group um, if he would do a message. Uh, so we got in hold of Trev in his hut and he he did a whole thing about about rabbit biltong, which he was hoping to sell in the village. So he gets the rabbits and he hangs it up and dries it. And that's basically where he gets his protein from. But he thinks it's delicious. So he was trying to sell that as a kind of commercial venture, but I didn't get anywhere. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm sure the keepers would have had a couple of bags of that behind the bar. <laughs> <laughs> rabbit biltong, will you? Oh, yeah, yes, great yeah. that is. <laughs> and backstock makes it. Uh, Tastes better than it looks. It just reminds me of like um, Life of Brian when his otter's nose is oh, yeah. and <laughs> rabbit. Oh, my goodness me. Right, we're going to go through the scores now. So um, unless you've got any more to add, Trev. Uh, see, there you go. I knew I'd do it. started again. Uh, unless you've got anything else to add to Trevor's, um, to Trevor's well, past. I mean, I've always wondered how close he was to Kerry's mum. Sue, particularly after the incidents that were described uh, in the hut when Kerry came to meet him. Mm. Uh, and I know that after that incident of Martin, you know, the, the way he behaved so disgracefully and then, uh, that, that, you know, that, that Trev tried to sort of, he had a friendship with her, but we just don't know how far that went, that friendship. And, yeah. and whether, because he's very, very secretive about it. So, mm. and Sue doesn't say anything either, but, it's um it's a fascinating it's a fascinating subject to, to think about whether Trev and Sue were ever really had any sort of relationship, but um if they did, I mean <laughs> I don't know how that would have gone down again or going off to the cinema or something or yes. <laughs> having double dinners. Yeah. But, um, Do you think that Sue was maybe the like the Satan's fingers groupie? Yes. So the like, Sue is mentioned, yeah, I think that is our Sue. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's never sort of confirmed, is it? But just no. says Sue. So, do you and think then, of then course, Colin? You know, go on. I was going to say, Colin. Do you think Trevor then could possibly be Kerry's dad? Well, Ooh. I mean, I mean, I couldn't possibly, I couldn't possibly speculate about that. Well, let's start this rumor now. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> there I definitely tried to start it when I, when we were doing the show. I said, "Oh yeah, is that? Is it?" But, yeah. Well, there you That's go. A There's a lot to chew on there, isn't there? More yeah. than just rabbit built on. <laughs> <laughs> I 
mean, it, it all fits, doesn't it? It could be. It, it, yeah. it very well could be. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming there'll be like listeners that mind's blown now thinking of that. This oh, whole blown. Mine's mm. blown. Mine's blown. Yeah. And wouldn't it be nice for Kerry if she found out that Martin wasn't her dad? That wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that, that would be, be lovely? I mean, it yeah. would be hard, but it would also be, oh, well, I'm not, you know, he's not my dad, so I can stop thinking about it. But then she, I think she has, she kind of, after that meeting with Trev, she, her whole attitude to Martin did seem to change somewhat, I think. Did you think that? Yeah, it, it did. Yeah. And then she kind of I, let go I, of him. It was almost in series three when Martin came back that everything went back to type. And that was, yeah. that was one thing I remember Neil and I talking about thinking, I hope it doesn't go back to like, and, and the end, but uh, yeah, I think she would have loved living in a, just a shack in the, I think in so. the woods. I think she would have loved that. I really yeah. do. Well, she'd have been in her element. She loves going to loo outside anyway. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Not so sure. Curtin would have liked it so much. No, uh, no. But then, no. and then, if you had, if there was any fish in near the hut, he'd have been. That's true. That's true. Goodness me! What it'd been like, Little House on the Prairie or the Walton? <laughs> <laughs> very, very strange version of Little House on the Prairie. But, yeah. But yes, or, I get your point. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, one of the two. It would have been. <laughs> <laughs> the Bagstones. Yeah, the Bagstones. <laughs> yeah, I could just see it. Now. The theme tune almost writes itself, doesn't it? It almost <laughs> does. Right, let's go through the scores now. Um, okay, Got Range. We will start with you, Colin. Uh, well, can you how, just explain? Uh, well, Got Range is how, how well you think Trevor could do in a fight, how he would handle himself. I have to say, I don't think fighting is really Trevor's. Trevor's, uh, it's not necessarily one of his best qualities, I would say. Okay. I, think, I don't think he's a coward at all. I think he'll stand up for himself if he has to, but he is a man of peace and love, really, at heart. And uh, and uh, as as we've described, the, his relationship with his dad and his relationship with Martin, I think he tries to shy away from that kind of confrontation. But if he got into one, out of 100, is it? Yeah, out of 100, yeah. Oh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, I think he's in the twenties. Okay. I don't know how you feel about that, chaps. I would okay. say that again. He might have a swing when he's got a few beers in it, but I don't think he's. I don't think he could. Uh, like, for instance, if he took on Martin, Martin would just box the pants off him, and that would be the end of that. He'd be in, down on the ground, and I don't think he's got the skills. I mean, he might have the wit. He might have the desire at times. He get very angry, but I don't think he's got. I think he's just a swinger. And then <laughs> someone can pick him off, you know, or yeah. just push him over or whatever. Yeah. So what? So what score are you going for? You say in the twenties, but what are you uh, going to give us? Let, let's let's be kind to him. Let's be kind. Let's say twenty nine. Okay. Twenty nine. Okay, Neil. Well, going from what I read and learned about Trevor, I've put him smack down the middle of fifty. When he was younger, he was quite tasty. You know, when he was um, at Brighton. Rucking with the mods, and then obviously hanging with the Hell's Angels before stepping down a bit, and things changing, and Martin probably changing the way he looked at, at life. So smack bang fifty. I think it yeah. could come back if he wanted it to, but yeah, it yeah. was the days that he's left behind, really. Okay, right. Well, I've gone eighty. Oh my word! Apart from the fact that he could be a member of the SAS, I seriously well, think someone has got to be pretty hard and tough if they're going to spend their time just in a a, a wooden shack in the middle mm. of the, the forest mm. he's got to have some kind of, and 
he stood up to Martin. He, he as soon as, and also as soon as as soon as Kerry mentioned that it, Martin Muckler was her dad, just the look it, the look on his face didn't look like somebody that was scared of him. It looked like oh. somebody that was ready to, you know, oh the bastard, you know, you know. And I thought he's somebody that if he really wanted, and I so I thought he's 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 a hard bastard. He's he's okay. yeah. So yeah, I can so, go along with that definitely. But I've to been be honest, in action. yeah, we've, also, we've you, had a good mixture of, of scores there for that one, though. Absolutely. <laughs> and you mentioned Martin. Now, we don't think that Martin is actually, we think he's all talk, no show. Yeah. yeah. You see? Yeah. Well, the rest of his. All the gear and no idea. See, maybe Trev would just pick up a, uh, you know, a scaffold pole and smack him around the head with it. Maybe yeah. 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 Maybe he wouldn't fight clean, you know. Wow. You're no, quite no. right about Martin. I mean, in that, in the, when he tries to fight Curtin, I mean, the pair of them look like a couple of... I know, isn't it? Wet lettuces. Exactly. Windmills. Right big then. potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Peeper, Neil, what are you going to score, uh, Colin, for that? 23. Oh, <laughs> 23. <laughs> nice and low. I don't see Trevor as a real Peeper. You know, he might have an odd look here and there, but the man's content living his solo life in the in the hut. He, that, those sort of things have passed him by now. As we say, he's more into his rabbit billetong than he is, you know, knickers off a lady. Yeah. yeah. Right, okay, right. I've gone 50 right down the middle. Oh. Mm. A, because if you're going to be touring with status quo, who knows what you're going to get up to. <laughs> but also he was part of Satan's fingers, where he was getting blowies on the side of the motorway. Well, this <laughs> is Os- true. From Osman fans. So he's he's not, you know, he's part of a group that's not you know, whiter than white. So there is there is a amount of peeperishness to him. Yeah, but 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 not to the freshness. I love that. But not to the Mucklow level. That's the way I would look at it. He's he's no right. way in the Mucklow league. Just uh, probably what a normal young guy would be like. Yeah, yeah. Which when I think the opportunity is, arises, which is you're right in the middle, and you can go, could go either way. You could go like Reverend Seaton way, or you could go Martin Mucklow way. But he's straight down the middle. So I've gone fifty. So I, I think that. Um, there's a difference between being a kind of dedicated peeper like Mucklow, where he actually sets, goes out and sets himself up to sort of hangs about in someone's front garden and tries to look through the, into the bathroom window, whatever it is that he, he gets up to. So I don't think he's that, but I think uh, on his forays away from the hut, even today, if there's some washing up on a line and there's a pair of, you know, sort of lacy knickers, like he might <laughs> just think, Oh, I might, I might take those. I might take those back to the cabin for later. So he might might do that. And um, I think he's quite curious. So if anyone comes anywhere in the wood or anywhere near the, his hut, then I think he'll be out, you know, uh, in his camo gear, uh, taking him back to his years in the SAS, just keeping an eye on things, keeping an eye on people. But I don't think that it's necessarily all sexual, but I think given an opportunity, if he can have a little look through a side window. So I'm going to probably go a little bit higher than 50. I'll probably go 60. Okay. Just, just like, like almost any man, given an opportunity. <laughs> Not me, obviously. Yeah. You, <laughs> you. But given, given an opportunity, I think he wouldn't say, oh, no, no, I'm not doing that. I think he probably would have a look. He might nick the odd pair of knickers off a line as well. Yeah, I think the difference is, is that Trevor would nick the knickers just to have them as a collection. Exactly. Whereas, whereas Martin would do things into the knickers. Oh, don't <laughs> or even wear them. Maybe. Or even, even wear them at the same time. But let's not, we're not talking about Martin here. Let's not go down that route. because no, let's oh, not. 
goodness me. Okay, random acts of kindness. How oh. kind do we think Trevor is then, Colin? Well, I think he's a very kind man. I think despite the killing of furry animals, as you described, <laughs> I think he also is capable of finding a bird with a broken wing or a fledged bird that's fallen out of a nest and keeping it, looking after it, making it sure, feeding it, getting it to adulthood and then releasing it. Um, I think if he if he met someone like a little old lady who's a bit nervous about crossing the street or is having a bit of a funny moment, then I think Travis is your man. And I think that that relates back to his relationship with his mum, who he's very close to. So I think he's very kind to her as well. And she's obviously looks after him. But he, I think he is soft-hearted at his core. Uh, and I think that, uh, as I say, if he sees someone who needs to help crossing the road or they've, they've got their shopping bags or they've spilled on the floor and he'll help them pick them up or he might even take them back to the house to help with the, you know, get everything in. And I just, I think that, I just think that for me, that's how he feels to me that he would, if given, given that opportunity in front of me, he would, he would look after somebody and he would do something. If someone's cold, he might give them a scarf or, you know, he, he might, he might do something along those lines. So I think he's probably quite high, quite a high score in random acts of kindness. I mean, I would say maybe around 70. Okay. Okay. Uh, Neil, what are you going to go for? I've got him high as well. I've got him 76. Cause um, I think one of the things, if I've ever watched anything about biker gangs is loyalty. They're very loyal to each other and will always help each other out. And I think that's something that's instilled in Trevor Right from the beginning. So like he, like Colin said, if he, if somebody needs that help, unless it's a mucklow, he will go out of his way to help them. You know, whether it be mechanical, crossing the, crossing the lady across, <laughs> <laughs> crossing the lady across the road, um, <laughs> and things like that. You know, uh, yeah, uh, 76. He's a definite 76. Okay, well, I've gone 79. Wow. For for some of the reasons that you said, Neil, the fact, but I also think, essay, he's it's in his nature to want to protect. Mm. That's his thing, and now that he's also, I, I think the same as like Colin said, he he wants to protect the wildlife around him. Okay, yeah, he can. I think he'll only skin a rabbit if it's someone that he's laid a trap out for. He wouldn't go out and do it just coming across a rabbit. It's someone that he's laid a trap for. If it's normal, he's there to protect, and I think that's it. Just built within him through his SAS training and what he's um, taught Bear Grylls and uh, <laughs> obviously looking after Rick Parfit and Francis Rossi when they get themselves into, you know, mm. some sticky yeah. situations. So he's, um, it's, it's we, what he does. He protects. Yeah. We don't want to ask what random acts of kindness he did for those two. Fellas, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say my, when I said he protects, it sounds like he's a condom. <laughs> like that's that's what his job is. Maybe that's what his job for Francis Rossi was. <laughs> yeah. Francis Rossi's condom. Yeah. Good lord! Oh, that should be a, that should be a shoot off of status quo. That should be another band. <laughs> See them at Glastonbury. Francis Rossi's condom. Okay, right. Um, on to cockwomble then. Um, Colin, how much of a cockwomble do you think? Uh, Trevor well, is. I think he's got cockwomble tendencies. I think there's a there's a potential for some some massive cockwombling. Um, <laughs> <from> Trev, <laughs> uh, 
I mean, when he's on his own, it's quite hard to be a cockwomble if you live on your own, really, because no one can see you. And I think the whole point of being a cockwomble is it has to be observed and it has to be socially. And But I, I think as the years have gone by, he's become socially very kind of averse, it seems to me, and that he lives in, in his hut. He doesn't come into the village, really, unless he absolutely has to. I think he's he's a bit of a recluse these days. But I think in his earlier life, when he was in the fingers traveling around on his bike. And I think he probably had the bike that always broke down as what, even though he was the mechanic that, you know, he spent time doing working on other people's making sure they were, but his bike got a little bit neglected at times. So, and I think that led to a certain amount of cock wumbling because he was, other people had to come and get him or he ran out of petrol or his tire wasn't quite on right. Or, and, and I think Despite the the whole Donny Osmond fans on the coach, you know, he was the one that in the end got the blowy off the driver. Mm. So so I think I think he's one of those slightly unfortunate people that at the end of the day, they they all even though they love him, they do sort of laugh at him rather than with him because right. of because of some of his behaviour, especially when he was in, you know, that age in the in the uh, in the post angels era when he'd set up the the fingers i think he he probably is you know he probably is a bit of a cockwomble so i i i'm probably going to go right down the middle of 50 okay uh neil what do you think right well i don't see trevor as a holy he he will have cockwombling moments like um colin said you know um especially from the uh line of that what he was in with the motorcycle club so he, You've got to have an air of cockwombleness to survive in that, I would imagine. So I've gone quite low at thirty. I don't see him as an out and out no. cockwomble. When when Kerry's talking to him, there's nothing cockwombleness no. at all that comes out. Whereas he had every opportunity to be a cockwomble to her. So yeah, yeah this is 30. kind of what I've, so I was. I think now we don't really see that side of him so much because he's so. He's a bit isolated, and mm. you know, but I think if you put him in a pub on a Friday night, you might, you know, with a load of other people, it might. Oh you might, yeah, and you might give, see it. Give him a few Thatcher's haze, and exactly. he'll, be, <laughs> he'll be a fisty cuffs at door. <laughs> right. Well, I've gone uh, very. I've gone fifteen. Um, mainly because I've, I've got this thing about that if you're if you're somebody that's like in the SAS, you've got to be blinkered and regimented and there's a code and you have to stick to that. And I don't, I don't believe for a, a second that there is anybody that is zero when it comes to cockwomble, you know, it doesn't matter how serious you are, mm. how straight down the line, there is a, a thin thread of cockwombleness going through everybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every single, even the queen has probably got a 1% bit of cockwombleness. I, you I know. disagree. I think she's got a massive cockwombleness. I think, you know, she's, she's not adverse to kicking a corgi when she wants to sometimes, you know, she, just because she can. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think 15 is a fair enough score because I do think he's, I think he could, the cockwombleness could be the fact that he could be very quiet. Sometimes, you know, he oh, could okay. Sit, yeah. He could sit in the corner of a room and he might be like deep in thought, but somebody might think he's looking at me in a funny way. And that's a bit of a cockwombles kind of thing to do. And, he, and, and he's not going to do anything about it because in his mind, as I put him at 80 for got range, he knows that he could kill that person if he wants to. So <laughs> the flick of his finger. Exactly. Yeah. If he wants to, he, but he doesn't need to. He's just, just deep with in a thought. hard stare. He's deep in thought of which pub he can sell his uh, rabbit 
builds on. Peloton, yeah. <laughs> I want to try this. It sounds all right. To I me. know they could be a, well, a, a, you know, get up to the hut. I mean, there's plenty of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all it is. That's what he dines on every night. Oh dear. <laughs> Trev's hat. It's like a, n- a new version of Pizza Hut, but it just serves billetong. Uh, different <laughs> UK forest animal billetong. Squirrel oh, billetong. Yeah, you've slightly changed my mind there. I think I might have to reduce the, the cockwomble score. Okay. That, actually, everything you both said is 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 uh, does make sense to me. Obviously, knowing Trev, so but I've only known him recently. I haven't known him in his in his youth. So yeah. Happy to go a bit lower, maybe 35, something like that. Okay, that's fine. Uh, right, uh, having a laugh then. Uh, Neil, you can go first. Well, he not so much in his later years as he had the opportunity to have a laugh, but in his younger years, that's all it was. It was about having a laugh and having a crack. So I've put him 70 at having a laugh just because he's forgotten at the moment. But that will come back, and then that would score would jump right up even more. He loves a good practical, or did love a good practical joke, a banana in the bike's exhaust pipe, that sort of thing. Um, putting pin, pin pricks in Martin's condoms. <laughs> <laughs> like oh. a Russian roulette, wasn't it? <laughs> but <yeah. laughs> he loved to laugh. So, yeah, a good old 70. Actually, I'll give him 75. Let's up it even oh, more. Okay. Because I think I think Colin in his younger years, and even in the Satan's Fingers. Trevor, you mean? You uh, did Trevor, it then. I did it then. It's awful, isn't it? Sorry, Colin. Um, yeah. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's give him 75. Because I still think, with a bit of encouragement, that having a laugh will come back to him yeah you know he might disguise i don't know a bit of wood as a bit of billetong and watch you try and chill on that for hours right that sort of thing i think yeah get it we could get that back out of trevor okay well i've gone for 72 i've gone oh, for wow. a high score as well i think he's one of those guys that has got like a wicked dry sense of mm. humor you don't see it all the time and you think but I think if you get a couple of drinks inside him, he's one of those guys that would not be, he wouldn't be like Martin Mucklow and just want to fight everybody or whatever. He's going to be one of those guys that would have you rolling on the floor because he would just say something. It wouldn't have to be a joke. It's not going to be oh knock, knock or oh, my missus is fat kind of thing. It would be some cutting remark about somebody else that, would, you know, and it'll be dry as anything. I just got that feeling that he's that kind. He's got that glint in his eye that he knows how to do like a wicked put down. So I'm at 72. Uh, yeah. Colin. Yeah, I'm, I'm up there as well. I think that especially uh, in the years with the fingers, I think, uh, you know, they, I think it was a lot of fun being in that group. Um, mm. Martin aside, I think they did, they went and uh, they went off for their trips and camping uh, in the woods, probably where he, he, he started to um, feel that love for the, uh, for the for the for the woodland uh, life, you know, camping. I bet he was letting down, you know, the guy ropes on other people's tents at three in the morning, or weeing on their tent while they were asleep. <laughs> Get off, Trevor! What are you doing, Trevor? <laughs> I must have a wee. What's wrong with you? Go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So that sort of thing. A lot of drinking, obviously. Um, so I think I think it was. Abs- I mean, I bet it was a blast being with those lads. 
going up and down the road, breaking down, getting, you know, having to ride pillion, chasing after girls in buses. I think that um, he was all very, very much up for that. And I think that he was uh, a part of it. And I think he was, uh, yeah, as you say, just, um, just having, having, having a laugh. Life, life's about having a laugh. And I think Trev really, really mm. believes that. I think his life's moved in a slightly different direction, but I, 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 I agree with Neil. I think it's still in there. I think if you mm-hmm. get him out of that hut and, get him you know but he's a bit nervous at these days around folk but even when he met Kerry you kind of got the feeling that if they'd sat there for if it hadn't been such a tragic meeting when she discovered she thought she was going then to hear something wonderful said about her dad and then she discovered that it was actually about another Martin and her her dad was you know an asshole I think it was I think even if that even after that if they'd hung around, opened a few cans, he would have started telling all the good old stories about what had happened, and she would have found that really funny. And I mean, the poor old priest would have sat there with his going bright <laughs> red because it would all have been fairly rude, I suspect. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I sort of felt that there was like her, him and Kerry could have got on really well and had a really a, a good laugh together. But it was just a slightly tragic meeting because it all went slightly wrong. Mm. But if they'd stayed on, or if she'd come back another time, they'd have opened a bottle of Lamborghini and they, you know, they, they would have gone. They would, have, they would have had a good time together, I think. So what, what's your score for... Well, I'm up there as well. I think 75, something around there. Yeah, 75. maybe even... A, maybe, yeah, maybe 70... Yeah, 75, I think. That 75. Because uh, just you have to balance it a little bit because he has become a little bit introverted. and Yeah. Little... But when you said about when he spoke to Kerry you can see like sort of sunshine comes out on his yeah. face when he's, when he's reminiscing before he knows that it's Martin Mucklow yeah, and he's yeah. reminiscing about, um, uh, about Satan's fingers and he's loving yeah. it. it. Oh, what a great time we had, you know, so yeah. I, I, you know, I think you're right. If they'd have had a couple of cans and just spent like three or four hours just chatting about mm. the old days, I think he would have loved it. So yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. So let's add that one up. And we can come up with the final scores. Okay. So these are the scores so far before the uh, listeners get to get involved. So got range 53. Very good. Peeper 44. Random acts of kindness 75. Wow. Very good. Cockwomble a low 27. And having a laugh, a mighty 74. Wow. But not a bad card to have. That is a that is a pretty good card. That's a good card. I mean, if you're moment. if you're looking at someone's card to see their character, it's perfect because the peeper score is relatively low, the cockwomble score is relatively low, and he's good in a fight, he's got kindness, and he likes a laugh. He's a perfect person. You know? And he's <laughs> a rabbit built on billionaire as well. <laughs> Soon, soon, soon. He's got to take it on Dragon's Den first. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got this product. I want you to try it. It's called Trebs Bunny Biltong. And Trebs I want it to go into, go into Sainsbury's. So uh, why don't um, you just try it? Deborah Meadens. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What, what do you want? So how much How much, How much? much do you want? And, uh, and I, I want a million pounds. Right. I want a million pounds for 20% of the business. Right, you're in. You're in. I'll, I'll, I'll invest. A million pounds, and I'll give you a hundred percent of the business. <laughs> I'll, I'll invest. It'll be the new reggae reggae sauce. That's oh, what it'll be. Can't wait. <laughs> Trev's marvelous animal billeton, forest animal billeton. I think. Oh, I don't know. Organic, <laughs> organic, organic. Nice organic. bit of woodpecker billeton. Or you could go for, go for like a real, like real sort of 
dramatic, call it roadkill. Roadkill. Yeah, that's good. Roadkill billetong or whatever it's called. Yeah. Oh, and then you can then yeah. you can have badger, you can have deer, you can have rabbit, fox. You can have a stoat. <laughs> oh, it's just mouse. 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 <laughs> And it'll oh. be free. Just, just scoop it off the road. <laughs> Could I have a packet of your finest mice, please? Can I get your mice, your dried mice, please? Yeah. You want salt and vinegar with that or cheese and onion mice? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think I just have the ready salted today. <laughs> oh, goodness me. I mean, it, look, I mean, we, we're literally just writing our own checks. I mean, I'm sure that it's, uh, yeah, we can copyright it through like WTAF. So, yeah, it's painted you know, already. As long as we just get a little slice of that roadkill <laughs> we're happy uh colin you know we don't want it all just a little no. slice yeah so yeah. copy copyright colin mace uh pav and neil 2021 is there uh, i'll post it to us so then yeah. that's our own copyright then oh yeah that's right <laughs> that's there you what go. they say you need to do there you organic go right roadkill yeah organic roadkill biltong there you jerky. Go. we could call it jerky couldn't we that would be better we could jerky yeah yeah yes roadkill jerky roadkill jerky that's and you can right. obviously do the voiceover for the ads because right. you are you are a professional i found this rabbit and now it's jerky <laughs> <laughs> it could be you could have the mystery bag guess what animal this jerky is <laughs> to win yeah <laughs> Or it's just like, do you care what animal it is? Just dive yeah. into just the eat it. It's delicious. Yeah. It could be all different parts of different animals in one bag. Oh, Road, yeah, like a roadkill jerky. I was going to say, like a Christmas selection box. <laughs> yes. I don't think you'd call it celebrations, though, would you? No, no I don't think you would. I don't think. Commiserations, <laughs> possibly. Commiserations. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Uh, right. So they're the oh, scores, right. uh, dear listeners. Uh, it's up to you now to send your versions of these scores to us. Neil, would you like to tell everybody how to do that? Absolutely. So you can enter all your scores on any of our social media platforms and the hashtag this country pod. If you haven't already done so, please do give us a like and a click on your travels there. You can email your scores to us at wtafthiscountry.hotmail.com. Likewise, if you've got any other questions. And finally, just to remind everybody, tickets are still available, limited, for the 26th of November, our final live show at the Sundial Theatre, Sirencester. Wonderful. Uh, Colin, thank you so much for joining us. It's an absolute um, pleasure to see you again, lads. And, and, you. and, and are you busy at the moment? Are you working? Have you got I am actually. I'm about on? to do something. But these days, when I'm about to start filming on a, on a new TV series, uh, which has got a kind of spy theme. Ooh. And um, uh, but I, I, you have to sign about a billion NDAs these days. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to speak about it or who's in it or anything. But um, it is quite exciting. It's the second series of, uh, of something for one of those platforms. That's about as far as I can go. One of so those you're going to you're going to give us the Hollywood answer of I'm afraid I can't. <laughs> but, um, tell you. I'm very excited because obviously it's been really difficult. I did. Uh, I'm in this um, series called Before We Die, which I think dropped last week on uh, on all four the Channel Four series. Uh, which is a which is actually an English version of a Swedish uh, uh, crime thriller, and they've they've made an English version. And that's going to continue. And I, again, I play a sort of spy in that. And that was in December, beginning of January. And, and since that lockdown in in mid January, whenever it was, mm. uh, or straight away, well, it was beginning of January, wasn't it? Straight after yeah. Christmas. It has been very, very hard. You know, there's not, apart from very fortunately for me, being able to do things like audio books and voiceover, mostly from home in the, in the, in the first instance. So this is my first job really coming out of 
as things are easing up, mm. uh, having to be taping myself at home and then sending these tapes off and, and feeling like you're just sort of working in a bubble, really. Uh, but um, anyway, I've, I've got off of this job and it starts next week and I'm really, really excited to be doing it. Fantastic. Well, yeah, we'll look, we'll look like out for it, whatever it is, because obviously, yeah. at the moment, what once it is. it's been made, I can tell you what it is, but I no, can't tell you. Yeah, don't say anything yet. I don't, don't know. It's the American, I think it's an American thing. They've become very, very secretive. You know, everything is watermarked. You're not, mm. you have to, as I say, I had to sign an NDA before even receiving the bit, the tiny, weeny bits of script they wanted me to film. It's just, it's just the way the industry's gone, really. That people yeah. are very, I think, because there's so, because there's so much competition with all the different platforms that they're very worried about people looking over their shoulder and finding out what they're doing. So it's just become very, very secretive, mm. which is a shame in a way, because it's nice to talk about the things you're doing. But you yeah, absolutely. But I suppose it's also the fact that you are at home rather than going to an audition where they can keep it all in the same room, can't they? Where they've got to dish things out. But it's understandable. Exactly. Exactly. It's understandable. Um, but Colin, thank you so much for spending some time with us again. We love chatting to you. You're a great sport. And that was that was such a fun episode it was fun um, and good luck with your future projects absolutely, absolutely. very much absolutely so, there might be there might be a special you never know they might i'm sure they're going to be forced to write a special aren't they i mean I'm, there's got to be it may be 10 years time but they that's may- what i think it'll be it'll be a 10 year <laughs> it'll be like a Gavin and stacy kind of thing yeah. i think but because they're both off now aren't they they're often on doing their own you know, things and you know going off in different directions so but it would have to be something special to bring them back to write another one but and also yeah. you kind of you don't want them to you don't want it to be you know kind of not as good as what what they exactly exactly this has been such high quality all the way through hasn't it Uh, you don't want them to do it for the sake of doing it they've got to do it because they want to do it they've got a story to tell Uh, i completely agree yeah um so as neil said um please um if you want to get tickets for the live show uh you can go to any of our social medias um if you want to become a patreon peeper and come and support the podcast go to patreon.com forward slash wtaf uh and also be like those lovely people in guyana and come and subscribe to the podcast (laughs) and come and leave us a rating and review um on apple Podcasts. it gets more people to find out about the show which in turn then gets more people to find out about this country uh that's it thank you once again neil thank you very much pav thank Thank you, you ever so much colin thank you both very much real pleasure thank you and thanks very much for listening and go and get plumbed you fuckers Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.